This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 5-inch. On this episode, we interview Scott O'Neill, Red Rock Amphitheater's conductor and orchestrator for the Strings Attached Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Hey, uh, everyone. Listen up. Your attention, if you please. Really want to give you a warning, because I found out this morning that this episode contains some spoilers about the Strings Attached Tour, particularly some of the songs that Al and his band will be playing at the shows. So if you don't want to listen to any spoilers, there's some great things you can do. You could always translate your documents into Swahili. Uh, you could make your TV record Geely. You could always neuter your pets. Or maybe just give your laundry static cling. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch... If you do accidentally listen to the rest of this episode and you really didn't want to, my best advice is just turn off your computer. Make sure it powers down and drop it in a 2,000-inch hole in the ground and bury it completely. Rocks and boulders should be fine. And then just burn all the clothes you may have worn during the listening period. That's my best advice for you. Enjoy the rest of the episode. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Hello, this is Plankton. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast is coming at you. Unless I destroy it, which I probably will. (laughs) We are here with Scott O'Neill, conductor and the gentleman who wrote the orchestration for Weird Al's latest tour, Strings Attached. We're so excited to have you on, Scott. Thank you for chatting with us. Thanks. Uh, You know, it's an honor. (laughs) An honor to be on our podcast or or working with Al? (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm learning uh, everything that Al Yankovic does has a certain, uh, you know, polish and quality to it so uh i'm expecting the same from you guys so yeah it is an honor <laughs> <laughs> well thank you <laughs> so um we definitely want to talk about um everything you did with al but i would love if you can give our listeners just a kind of an overview of of what you do and, and your career oh i started out mainly as a performer as a conductor and a pianist and uh it's kind of grown into lots of a uh, you know kind of offshoots if, if you're going to be a conductor you're going to do lots of different things so the the three that I've kind of focused uh, on in this part of my career, I'm I'm doing uh, like classical educational um, uh, spots for Colorado Public Radio. Uh, I'm still conducting a lot, and uh, it's turned out that I'm doing a lot of orchestration these days uh, with pretty wide <laughs> diversity of folks. So uh, that's pretty much where I'm at now. So besides Al, who, are, who else are you working with? Uh, I wrote the, well, recently I did, um, orchestrations for, um, Ingrid Michelson's, uh, Christmas album. Uh, I've worked with Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones a lot. Uh, cool. I'm, uh, just, I'm actually about to do a concert with them next week. Um, about five of the tunes I, I orchestrated. Of course, he writes a lot of his own stuff. Um, but, uh, Al's kind of the last thing of the summer but i'm also uh uh orchestrating um tenacious d's live show so wow uh, oh that's awesome kind of a wide variety there from you know pop to uh bluegrass funk to the kind of uh humor element right i mean working with both al and tenacious d that you're essentially crossing off the top two comedy music acts of all time you're yeah you're now right (laughs) you're gonna be the go-to guy when comedy music (laughs) wants to orchestrate they're like well who else has worked with al and tenacious d hey scott o'neill's your man (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) so yeah i feel fortunate (laughs) how how does that how do you how do you fill that niche how do you how do you get to work with Al and, and Tenacious D? What, what are the circumstances behind that? Well, I'm fortunate to be uh, – one of my jobs, I was the resident conductor of the Colorado Symphony, and they do a pretty extensive uh, summer season out at Red Rocks, which is – if you've never been there, it's 
one of the great uh, summer venues in all the all the country in all the world really and um, they are actually very uh, proactive about creating concerts so because mm. I had worked with them and because I had you know I kind of background in orchestration at the time uh, I've gotten introduced to different artists through them and as you work with one artist and it goes well then the next artist can say hey you know uh, my, my people at the Colorado Symphony pitch me and they say well what else has he done and they they you know share the stuff and then they say okay well let's give him a shot and it just goes step by step I never I never expected to be orchestrating with you know Jack Black, Kyle Gass, and Weird Al Yankovic, but that's that's where it, it's led, and 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 I credit the guys at the Colorado Symphony for for making that happen. Really, that's incredible. Because I, you know, between us, I, I have to, you know, you should know, not everybody in the classical world is like kicking their heels that Scott O'Neill is writing for Tenacious D. You know, <laughs> we have a portion of our audience that's, you know. When they hear it, they're like, oh, you aren't going to perform that, are you? Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> great. So, again, credit to the Colorado Symphony for, you know, hey, we want to perform to our audience. And what does our audience like to listen to? Well, this is it. Yeah. You know, and being from Colorado, I have to say, I think the next step is the South Park guys, because, I mean, oh. come on, they're from here. We've talked yes. about we need to do a live version of Team America USA. Yes! Oh, my God. Oh, that would be amazing. Please make that so, happen. Right after after Weird Al Yankovic and Tenacious D, it's the, the next logical step, right? That, oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Book of Mormon, whatever it is, bring it on. We'll do Anything. it. Yeah, South Park movie. Like, they've got so much great music. Even Cannibal, you know, they've got so much great music. That would be amazing. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we're in that world now. So I, I want to dive in a little bit um, on the, the process with Al. Um, you know, how many songs did you work on? And what was the process like? Okay, so uh, the stuff that's from, uh, you know, previous, he, he did a concert out at the Hollywood Bowl, I believe. And another great orchestrator by the name of Sean O'Glaughlin. I love the fact that we're both Irish. Uh, <laughs> he, he did those charts. But uh, he has, um, like, he always starts the concert with the tune Fun Zone. And he thought, well, why not have the orchestra play that instead of the band? So wow. um, so he gave that to me to, to be done. Uh, he, he's, like I said, he's doing, you know, some of the, obviously, the, the old, uh, classics, you know, Fat, Unplugged ma uh, Medley, and uh, Tacky, which I I was like, oh, I so wanted to do Tacky, but yeah. it was already done, oh. already taken. <laughs> Word <laughs> crimes, too. I, if I have to say, of, of all the stuff I've heard him do, the, you know, some of the more modern ones, uh, Word Crimes has to be one of the most brilliant. Um, so I was, I was sad to miss out on that, but... Uh, I did get to do Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, oh, which I think is... love that too. song. And, you know, for the orchestrator, that's like, you know, field day. And, and if you've got a sense of humor, then, all right, there's stuff you can do here. <laughs> um, I also did um, One More Minute, Harvey the Wonder Hamster, one of my favorites, uh, Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, I, I love all these songs. <laughs> Weasel Stomping Day, which is an absolute hoot. Uh, you don't love me anymore. Don't download this song. And what actually is my fa the other one that I think is just brilliant on his part. I was honored to work on it was Jackson Park Express. Yes, such an amazing song. I, I, Dave and I were at the show last tour where he played that for the first time ever on stage, and um, it just it it was such an amazing. Uh, song to hear live i can't wait to hear it with the full orchestra yeah you and me both i'm just i don't know that i actually told him like the the part where he talks about you know homeschooling um and you know protect them from the evils of the world like trigonometry and prime, <laughs> prime numbers right <laughs> I, like the way he wrote that i i remember the first time hearing it i you know, being, you know, a, a pretty hardcore musician where I'm listening to orchestration and harmony and 
I didn't really catch the words the first time. And I got a little fair the first time because I'm just like the harmonic progression and the way he creates that climax. I was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. <laughs> and then when I – wait, what did he say back there? He's protecting them from what? He's protecting them from trigonometry. <laughs> oh, it's a homeschool. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the stuff I wrote and the others I think are all by, written by Sean O'Loughlin. But um, it, was, it was a lot to do and it was great to work with him on it. You know, is it challenging to kind of write chart, you know, write charts for um, songs that have vocals and funny, you know, lyrics in them? That is exactly you nailed it. Because you know, as an orchestrator, you know, I, you know, I try to be as diverse as possible and write in any style. Obviously, if I'm going to do everything from Christmas music to jazz, funk, and um, more locally and uh, the stuff that I do by myself, I'm a big fan of Pat Metheny. So doing very sophisticated, you know, uh, jazz music. And if anything, I like Respighi and Strauss, this big, massive, rich stuff. Uh, yeah, you better stay out of the way if you want Al's words to be understood because they are so integral, you know. Right. So, yeah, that, that's the big thing is how do you write something that is meaningful to the orchestra? To the or for the orchestra to play, but doesn't get in the way, and that was constantly the question when I was writing: was, is this, you know, is this supporting the words? Is this, is this staying out of the way? Is this keeping the clarity that his music needs? Um, yeah, that's exactly the challenge, and you know, uh, it was a several month process process of me trying to find the ways of okay. I, you know, I've got it's too thick there. I got to take it out, and then later saying, "Okay, he, he's understood," but I can do this, and it still, you know, still should work. So, um, yeah, that that is the number one prime directive: is you know, don't get in Al's way. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when the when, as you know, the one of the things I love about his humor that's, you know, and this is true about a lot of the greatest comedians is they the setup is long and you believe like in every phrase um you think this is serious and it turns on one word often near the end and boy you better not get in the way of that word because it's just that that's that's where the great humor is so right um yeah uh, i had a great respect for the way he does that um when it comes to the type of that type of lyrics being able to turn turn the meaning and that quick and which makes it so funny i don't i don't know anyone who can do it the way he can so he's a true true original yeah when we when i think about you know the impact he's having you know i uh years ago i did a show with victor borga who is big in the classical uh humor world mm -hmm. and I remember talking backstage with his son where, you know, it was a very, you know, touching moment where we were just discussing how, you know, the stuff that Victor Borga does or did uh, was so unique. And he said, so when my father passes, who's going to carry this on? Who could possibly do this? And we both kind of had that moment where we realized he he's it. And when he decides to stop or, or has to stop, you know, there's going to be this big vacuum, this big loss. And I feel the same with, with Al that, you know, I don't know if anyone can do what he does. So it's it's kind of a big deal that, you know, the, the guys who lived in Chicago when Michael Jordan was playing, I hope they realized how special it was and they, they you know, really cherished it because when it's over, it's not like, oh, well, we'll just move on to the next guy. No, no, this this was special. So, yeah, it never uh, it's never quite the same with with someone else when you you have a true, you know, pioneer who really invents a genre and and perfects a genre, uh, like Al. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a good way of saying it. You know, it, this guy has done, you know, paid his dues, done his homework, and it, you know, when you when you hear the the latest stuff like tacky or word crimes or, and and as i say my the, 
Jackson Park Express, if, if you have fans that haven't heard this, I would say to any Weird Al Yankovic fan, if you haven't heard Jackson Park Express, you're doing yourself a dis, you know, a disservice. You need to – this is brilliant, brilliant writing. Yeah. I, I would love for you to speak on uh, the process. Um, you mentioned it, it was a couple months uh, working with Al. What, what was the process like um, working on these orchestrations? Well, I got to say, so he's incredibly organized. So the first thing – was that he sent me a several page email talking about, okay, this is how the show's gonna run. This is the first piece and like, you know, fun zone. It's quick and you know, how much could there be to, you know, he wrote a couple paragraphs on this is what <laughs> I, I really hear for this. And you know, he talks wow. about how, you know, cause he's, he, it's clear everything he's doing is a very um, like crystal clear idea of the presentation he wants to make to the audience. Everything that I did that, um, like, and, and it was nice because after we got a few pieces in, I kind of got a sense for what he liked and didn't like. But at the beginning, you know, there's a lot of kind of feeling each other out. Yeah. Um, uh, it was clear everything he had, you know, that he wanted changed. There was a reason that had to do with the audience expects this, and I want to make sure that my audience, you know, understands this or that, yeah. that you know, hey, you did this and they might hear this is wrong because it doesn't match the album. So you can tell he really cares about his fans. Um, and so I got this long, you know, email uh, with pretty good detail about what he wanted for all the charts I'd be writing. And, you know, some of them he'd tell me like, uh, you know, tacky, it was simple as it. We'll be using the charts from the Hollywood bowl uh, show for this. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> um, so, so my thing was to start with, his list and notes and then just for me you know just listen and look because you know things like jackson park express i didn't know that well so i had to listen over and over again it's it's one of those things where you know once you've got it in your bones then the answers come naturally but you know i spent a fair amount of time just listening to his music and listening to his other stuff just to kind of mm -hmm. make sure and and that's that's you know you when you try to cover the stuff he's done over the years and, and realize the diversity uh, of his, <laughs> his, his output. Yeah. You get a real respect for, wow, this guy can do just about anything, uh, you know? Um, he can do anything and do it well. <laughs> yeah. And be it's funny. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Again, who, who, who does that? Nobody. Yeah, someone who's aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Someone who is, who's as, You'd have to have it's, – it's like I, I talk to people about Mozart where what if you had the most brilliant, most talented, hardest working musician ever born and he happened to be born into a family where his father was grooming that from, grooming him for that from the time he was a little boy? Well, you'd get Mozart. Right. And, you know, Al, you know, his intelligence, his talent, his genius, all – focused into his background if you if you were missing one of those elements then he wouldn't be the guy he is today but um because so much of this was so focused on you know what you know a clear vision he had well we're lucky to get what he's got so so after i've got you know you know my mind around all this stuff i would write uh a, a new chart for like, I would do it on my own little, you know, uh, notation program, which when I play it back, it sounds like, you know, synthesized orchestra, which hmm. it's okay. But, you know, for it's, it's the kind of stuff in, in the, in the business where if you're sending something to a, you know, a movie producer or, you know, another musician, they get the idea, but it's not nearly, you know, it's not ready to be released, you know? So I would, I would, uh, some of them, like Fun Zone, obviously, I just sent him. But other stuff, I would literally put what he sang over top of it so he could hear, hey, this is how it's going to oh, wow. fit together. And it'll all sound yeah. – so that it gives him a pretty clear idea of, hey, I like this, I don't like this. You kind of overbalance this. Or, you know, you can get into, you know, some good details like, is this too heavy? You know, you can talk about balances. But, um, you know, and – and the first one, you know, he had, you know, a number of comments. Hey, this is the way I hear this. I don't, 
Do you really think you ought to do this with a percussion? Uh, what if you tried this? Blah blah blah. And you know, he's. It, it, I gotta say, he's not just that, but he's like the nicest guy you'd ever hope to work with because, like, all of his feedback was. Well, you know, I've got to say something. So here it is, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, um, but as as we got to, as I got to figure out what he liked and didn't, then you know, the last few got down to the point where it was just like I, I kind of knew I could anticipate. So I only put in the stuff that I knew was going to be like, yeah, this this is this is what he wants. And fortunately, by the end, after you know, like nine of them i think i wrote uh yeah you kind of figure it out <laughs> um but yeah it's uh so it, it was that kind of back and forth and then there were a couple times i'd, I'd say i don't know we had four or five phone calls where we just you know for me as as you could tell when you know when i was talking to you guys the if i can just hear the way you talk and the, hear what you're about yeah i got a sense for who you are mm -hmm. i still haven't met him in person Oh, wow. But, so Red Rocks oh, will be the, the first time. It'll be the first time. So we know each other well, but it's almost <laughs> like, you know, pen pals or, you know, Facebook <laughs> friends, you know. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, it you know, once you get into the weeds of, okay, this is the chart. Let me play this for you. And, and it was nice because, you know, he's – he's the musician you would expect him to be. So I could sit down and, you know, play stuff and talk music theory and talk balances and orchestration. And he's completely comfortable because you can tell in some ways, uh, you know, all the guys I work with, like Bela Fleck, you know, he, if he wanted to, he could orchestrate this stuff himself. He's looking for someone with a certain imagination this way and mm. who has the time to do this, you know, who can really dedicate their sole attention to making this the best it can be. And the same thing's true for Alec. I, I got the sense that, you know, he has a clear enough idea of what he wants that if he wanted to, he could probably do it himself. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it, it was just, it, it was a good feeling of just working with a colleague that, you know, doesn't have a, a crazy ego about this stuff, isn't going to be, you know, difficult to work with. It's just trying to get, the best product and why because he really cares about his fans right. so it couldn't have been a, a, a better nicer funner project to work on I was, I was i loved it from the the word go i'm curious about the uh, time frame of it when when did uh, the project start so um i got alerted to it at the end of last summer he sent his email i can actually have it he, last august 24th wow right before the star okay. ceremony yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously he was busy at the time. <laughs> but, uh, A little but, busy that week. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously from the email he sent me, he didn't uh, he didn't let that, you know, deter him. And so from August 24th, I, I was at the time working on several other projects. And so, um, you know, I I probably spent the first two months just listening to the music over and over again. And then late November, I started sending him uh, charts to, you know, start checking out. And it, it was funny, the, uh, he, he's a real guy. There was one weekend where he said, Hey, I, I'm going to be a little bit spot. Cause he, he's also incredibly responsive. You send him an email, you're going to get something in, in within 24 hours. You know, he's, kind of Johnny on the spot there was one time I just thought wow this is a real guy when uh he said hey I'm gonna be a little busy this weekend the in-laws are in town for the weekend so you know I'm gonna be showing them around I was like how cool would that be to be in that hey I'm gonna go into LA and Al Yankovic's gonna show me around town <laughs> well you know my he did marry my daughter so <laughs> uh, so I don't um so yeah so then uh the big thing it was the late the real push was the end of january early february and it's uh it's you know a couple months out from uh, the point where they need to start sending the stuff to orchestras but you know this is where i have to once i have the charts done so i you know there's the auto you know 
auditory side where Al and, Yanko, Al and I are working on what it's supposed to sound like. Once that's done, now the other big part of my job is to, you know, be able to print it and, you know, and this is a whole nother realm of how do you write it so that people can read it down and it just sounds right. Um, uh, do the orchestras you know, and, get a, a point of reference? Like, do they get those um, comps that you sent to Al? Uh, I sure hope so. Uh, I believe they do. And, you know, I'm, I'm writing the score so that the conductor shouldn't need anything but what I'm writing to completely fill them in. This is how it should sound. Mm. Um, and, you know, and making parts sure the parts are edited, you know, pieces like, uh, you know, um, Jackson Park Express and uh, Baseball Twine in Minnesota is going to have page turns and making sure that, you know, the page turns, this isn't like studio stuff where, Hey, we're going to do this in bits and pieces. No, once you start, you know, so all that editing has to be done. And then I send it to his librarian who then like does all the like hard copy. We're going to print each page, make sure it looks right. Bind them, you know, put them in into sets, send them to orchestras. We're going to have three different sets because you've probably seen his his uh, his tour schedule. You can't just send, you know, one uh, set of parts out because you're performing with with one group and you're going to be performing with another one like tomorrow night. And that group had to have music. So I don't know how many sets they made of this stuff but they sent it to all these different um orchestras and i'm trying to remember it was just a few weeks ago i got a uh a notice hey this one song we start just to give the singers their pitches the band plays you know two pickup notes into the downbeat that you've written and the truth is no one in the orchestra is playing that but because you know, we want it to go as flawless as possible. We took the time to reprint all the parts so that there were two more rests wow. in the in oh, the wow. players' parts before they came in, and the conductor had that little uh, lick that the um, piano and guitar played, so that they would again. You're trying to you know troubleshoot this so nothing goes wrong, but it's the kind of detail that you can tell Al gets because he's done a lot of live performances but uh you know when it when it came up hey we need to make this change at the last minute you could tell everybody on his team is like okay how do we get this done fast send this to scott scott it's got it done i'm gonna send it to the librarians librarians we're on it and you know (laughs) it's just it's just yeah it's an honor to be on a team that like nobody's complaining no one's saying do it is it really necessary you know what we we've already mailed sets or or anything like that no it's just if it's going to be as good as possible it has to be fixed so we're doing it now done all the energies move in that direction it just feels good so yeah um and and, and i will say the one where i kind of I tested to see just how far can I go, like biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. You know, for a guy like me, uh, where I've done a lot of this, you know, and, and I think it's, I, I did a, a version of Twas the Night Before Christmas where the orchestra basically comments, you know, creates all the musical background songs for, uh, you know, as the narrator's talking about this, you hear that in the orchestra, you know, and he, and he you know, uh, when he takes off in his sleigh, you hear this like Superman, like sounding music. And, you know, it's, it's so I thought, you know, when we do Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota and he talks about the uh, the DeSoto, uh, yep. the old car. Yep. Right. You know? yes. I thought, dude, there has to be a car horn in the orchestra. So I put a <laughs> horn and, and and you could tell that it was like it was kind of testing to see. Okay, this wasn't in the original, but if you're going to have an orchestra back there and you really want to justify him, you kind of got to let him do that. So I put it in, and he, and and it was funny. The notes that he wrote back, you could tell what kind of stream of consciousness where he's typing as he's listening, and then there's like this dot, dot, dot. Oh, car horn. I get it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the, okay, let's see, you know, 
how how far can I push this? Because one of the big things was that you know, as as an orchestrator and especially as an arranger, we're often expected, hey, don't just take this. Make you know, if you've got some new harmony that you you hear this building in a different way, do it. You know, show your creativity. Don't just don't just transcribe it. Well, the thing is, there were there were times where I'd do that and he'd say, you know, I get why you're doing this, but I think my fans are going to hear it as being wrong. So, mm. you know, finding that edge where, hey, I've added right. a little cluster here that just, it just, it it's kind of fits with what orchestras do. And then there's the fine line between, ah, I think, I think that's not going to be what my fans want to hear. You know, could you make that one a little bit more like the album? And, you know, that was a constant, you know, like I, once I realized where's the breaking point okay so let's let's play that line and anything way over it don't don't waste your or his time on it so but he was clear and consistent and it was and it was obvious that everything he was doing was why because i want my my audience to really love what we do and it was like well all right i'm with you (laughs) now which one of these uh charts that you put together was the most challenging for you um they all had their different um you know i'll, I'll say so uh so like one more minute he, he was like uh you know be be creative there so when it the further it gets from transcription the more it gets into like composition so the stuff that i wrote as the background stuff you know it's got all new descant lines and um you know in some ways that was challenging just because you know, you, you could improvise something for him to sing over, but is it the best thing? And you're always questioning it. So that one took a lot of time just because it was more composition. Um, you know, Jurassic Park was actually challenging because, you know, the it, it's a takeoff on MacArthur Park that, yeah, it was it was recorded with orchestra, but it had, had kind of a, a jazz orchestra feel to it. So when you're getting to the, you know, you're getting to those yeah. uh, instrumental sections, right? Um, you know, there there were a number of uh, versions recorded, and as soon as I had one that I figured, oh, I know how to do that, I would listen to another one, and ooh, wait, the trombones are doing something cool there. Oh, you know, okay, they've got like five trombones playing that. We don't have five trombones in the orchestra. <laughs> so how do I how do I do that? So that was a challenge. It, I remember taking that, that taking a lot of time because um, I kept, keep finding new versions that had, you know, because, I, again, I you know, if I get a chance to write it, I'm throwing the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. Uh, if if I've got, hey, there's this other part that if you listen to what the flute does and, you know, okay, now everyone's playing loud. Now, can you listen in, you know, clearly enough and separate the sounds to hear only the flute? Yeah, good luck with that. It's, it's not <laughs> what your ears drawn to. But when you figure out, oh, if I do it this way, it's going to have this certain character. Let's do that. So Jurassic Park was, was one of them. But the, I would say in... in in just about every way, partially because Jackson Park Express is, you know, so epic. I mean, it's long. There's a lot of uh, uh, style and character changes in it. And and partially because I just, I don't know, there's something about that. And I, I, I told him, I said, you know, of all the stuff I've worked on so far, I am loving working on Jackson Park Express. And he even confided to me, he said, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that. It's, it's one it's one of my favorites. And it's pretty much the reason we decided to do this tour wow. with orchestra. Ooh. He said, because I, I wanted to hear what this would sound like <laughs> with a full orchestra. And I'm like, well, you know, and, and when you realize it, it means that much to him. Well, now there's added weight on that. Yep. And... <laughs> You know, trying to uh, get the, let, let me see if I can pull it. You'd, you'd love the quote that because uh, I, I was trying to, you know, make sure it was what he wanted. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so so I said, I, I did this. I hope you like it. I'm not sure. whatever. And all he typed back was, it sounds pretty stinking majestic to me. <laughs> oh, and I was like, well, all right. Well, if Al, if Al Yankovic can call what you do stinking majestic, 
that's about as good a compliment as I could hope for on this. <laughs> so, like I said, it's the kind of stuff that I love, that kind of grandiose, you know, big cinematic, uh, multicolor, you know, uh, kind of sound. And when when you get to the top of uh, Jackson Park Express, it was like, oh, let me show you what the orchestra can do with this. Because, you know, it's not just at that. Again, it's not just transcribing. Hey, how would the orchestra play this? Gives it. No, I'm going to put a, a big swirl down in the harp. It's going to turn into an arpeggio that kind of reaches up into the orchestra and creates this kind of mountain of a crescendo. And and yeah. Yeah. So that again, I I keep going back to Jackson Park <laughs> Express. But yeah, that, that that's pretty. I think that's pretty. That's, that's where it's at. You know, when we when we do the concert, I guarantee that's the one. And I may that big climax rock. I'm probably going to get all fair clumped again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely looking forward to hearing Jackson Park Express. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got an interesting question. I don't know if there's a, a real answer to it. Um, mm-hmm. But and I can't speak for Dave or other Weird Al fans, but I'm not someone who has been to a lot of uh, orchestral shows. What advice do you have for audience members to to really get the most out of these concerts? Well, first of all, don't feel like, you know, in, when we do our concerts, one of the big things I feel bad for people who are showing up and haven't grown up in the culture is there's this worry about, well, how do I act and, you know, they're doing a symphony. I've heard this thing. You're not supposed to clap between movements. How am I supposed to know when the movements are done? And when's the piece really done? Because the, the worst thing we do is get to the end of the piece and people don't realize it's over. And then the conductor has to turn around. And, That's it. You know? <laughs> it kind of kills it. Um, so the, the big thing I'd say is uh, go to it like you would go to any concert. Enjoy yourself. Don't feel like, you know, that. Don't feel like you have to fit into the classical world. Instead, the orchestra, we're trying to make sure we fit into your world because, you know, it, it, it's entertainment. It's fun. We're all there to, you know, uh, just have a good time. So uh, Red Rocks is very uh, – it's in Colorado. And I don't know if you've heard about Colorado, but it's a pretty uh, – they 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 respect your rights to enjoy yourself. Let's just say that. <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy yourself. Uh, have it. You know you can you can have a drink if you want. You, other stuff is frowned on in public, but I don't think anybody's gonna. I've never seen anyone try to stop anybody. So I can't can can't. Obviously, I'm I'm kind of skirting the issue, but uh, <laughs> it it goes that far as to hey, people who want to do that, do that. Um, it's part of the game and, and we get it. Um, big thing is just, I don't know that when you see how Al does his live shows, uh, just be ready for anything. Cause this guy brings it. I, I don't know how he does what he does like night after night over and over again. He, he's gotta be in incredible shape. Let's just say that 67 shows this tour. It's I can't 60, it. oh my god and some of them are like okay one city on this day another city that's not next door tomorrow right uh <laughs> yeah that's that's you know there used to be this phrase i think it was james, it started with james brown the hardest working man in show business uh i guarantee if you look at the span of his career how much he's put out and how he works on his live concerts, uh, I think you could say Weird Al is the hardest working man in show business. Hands down. Show, show me anyone else who's got the span of career that he does and does his shows the way he does them. Uh, yeah. So the the whole thing about how do we how do we enjoy the orchestra concert? Don't worry about the orchestra. Just we're gonna take what hopefully whatever whatever your expectations were for uh, a rock show and just turn them up a notch and make it like almost cinematically epic. So that's, that's, that's on us. That's not on you. Yeah. That's all great advice. Thank, thank you, Scott. Uh, I want to, the show that I'm looking most forward to is the show that you will be conducting at the Red Rocks show. Uh, I will be there. Um, I've, 
You and so, me both. It's going to be yeah. that. I, I'm so lucky the the week before is when we do the Tenacious D concert. Wow. So that's going to be like the best week of my summer. <laughs> for sure. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, how can you how can you keep that that pitch? You know that high level of no, you're you're not going to. It can be different, but it's not going to be as you know. Jack Black, Kyle Gass, and and, and Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> in a week. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a, that's a pretty good highlight. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like you. I I can't wait for that. It's gonna be epic. I've actually got. So this is also to tell you. You know, I'm. You know, my father was a high school band director. My mom was a school teacher. So they, you know, they respect what I do. But you know, they didn't really you know go to a lot of classical concerts. Um, and, you know, my family, they, they think it's cool what I'm doing. But when they found out I was doing a show with Al Yankovic, my family is coming out from Ohio wow. to see the Al Yankovic concert. Wow. So that that tells you, even within my family, <laughs> this is the biggest deal. You know, I've performed with, uh, you know, Itzhak Perlman, who's he, you know, uh, <laughs> Steve Vai, what's that, Bela Fleck. Okay, whatever. Al Yankovic. Al Yankovic. The Al Yankovic. We're going to be there. So so there's that. Yeah, I think Red Rock is the place to be this summer. Definitely. Um, Yeah, we're so lucky to have that here in Colorado. It's it's epic. Yeah, for somebody who's never been there, can you kind of describe what Red Rocks is and then experience? Yeah, so there are these two huge, I mean, when I say huge, I mean like, you know, 40-story, you know, length rocks that are angled that happen to be almost parallel in, in the earth. And so what they did was they dug out the space between them, and, and you, it turns out you can fit 9,000 people in between them. Wow. And... It was part of the, uh, I think it was part of the New Deal way back when, when they're trying to get people back to work in the United States. It was built by the federal government as kind of like a public works program. And the truth is, that's the only way you could do something this large. And, uh, you know, they, uh, for the evening concerts, they're going to have the, the sides of the stones lit up. So it's kind of like going, it's kind of like the Grand Canyon of music, you know, uh, you're going to be in this huge amp- natural amphitheater with a stage down in front. They've got screens because, you know, let's face it, if you're at the top, you know, you're, I would say, 70 yards away, 50 yards away. Hmm. So it's kind of like being in a stadium watching a football game. Yeah, kind of it's nice to have that. They have screens on the side that, you know, amplify everything so you can see it you know, in real life, but you've also got large screens at the side that, get, that, that show you the detail. And, you know, they, this is, you know, for, for any, I mean, for everybody from the Beatles on, uh, this was like the place to perform. And it's great. Like you go backstage, they have pictures of all the artists who have performed there and it's everybody. Like if, if you're anybody, you've performed at Red Rocks. So it's it's this natural amphitheater that uh, only God could have made. <laughs> and uh, I just, whatever concert, whatever music you love, go perform it at Red Rocks in summer in, in, in Colorado. And it's going to make it that much more special. It's like nothing else in the world. Wow, it sounds amazing. I gotta find we a way so to get lucky. out there. I'm so jealous. So lucky. <laughs> I and I told you know the Colorado Symphony. I think they do you know four or five shows there a year. And I'm like, do you realize there are artists that like it's this is their dream to perform at Red Rocks, and you guys do it oh, four or five times a year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you realize how lucky we are? So. <laughs> Well, it's we're blessed. It, we're I can I can only be grateful. And and I think this will be Weird Al Yankovic's first time at Red Rocks, won't it? As far as I know, as as I think I this know, is his yeah. first time there. Yeah. Well, this is you know this is kind of like his. Hey, 
he's checking off the bucket list, right? He's got his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> Next, he's going to check yep. off. I've performed at Red Rocks. You know, <laughs> there there aren't that many things left to do. You know, so <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> that that shows his career has look. He's done what you can do, and let's celebrate him. That's true. I think the next thing on the bucket list would be uh, being a guest on Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. I think that's really oh the my only God. place left there to go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> They've gone as far as they can go. Wait, there's the podcast. <laughs> Scott, uh, this was such such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, some really amazing uh, insight onto into the process and and uh, of course your career. Where, where can we follow you? Do you have a, a social media channel that we can uh, get updates? <laughs> Great. So this is my challenge: is that you know, like this summer between uh, Bela Fleck, Tenacious D, and Weird Al Yankovic, that's a lot of work. So yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 so I've got a Scott O'Neill Music dot. Uh, dot com or dot org. I don't, I'm sorry. I that's the problem. I don't spend as much. I'm on Facebook, but uh, people can find just Scott O'Neill, and you can can tell the guy from Colorado with the the conductor uh, avatar. The, yeah, that'd be me. Uh, um, but I've I'm, I've been so busy working. I what I my next step. Yeah, Scott O'Neill's <laughs> next step is to get someone to take care of his his media for him because, uh, like I did a TED talk. I wrote music for <laughs> uh, a, com- a a company where I took their name and I turned it into music. Uh, people could could you know uh, YouTube that and if you go to my Scott O'Neill music, there's a link there as well. But uh, um, that. After I get all the music done, because, you know, let's face it, this needs my under. That's the other thing I don't think people realize when when you start writing for Weird Al Yankovic, man, what else, whatever else you were doing, it kind of goes away (laughs) because it needs your undivided (laughs) attention for, you know, months. So when you come out, you know, like. It's funny. uh, People see where I live and they're like, wow, this is pretty rustic. This is pretty, you know, Spartan. That's right, because I can't afford any distractions. So I got to up my uh, my uh, electronic media game, but that's the best way to find me for now. Excellent. Well, you know, we would rather you work on Weird Al stuff than spend your time <laughs> right? on, on the Internet. So we appreciate that. <laughs> well, awesome. That's uh that's the one thing. It's one of those, I, I remember telling someone is look, if you want greatness, you have to give up mediocrity. Right. <laughs> um, and all the stuff that I used to do that I thought was fun, you know, when you start working with cats, the serious, you know what? The game is on. No more messing around. You got to give that stuff up. And and yeah, under. I, said, I, I don't think a lot of people today really understand what undivided attention for you know months means. It means I don't do anything else. We're so used to being distracted. So I've gotten really good at not being distracted. So I, I feel lucky to get to talk to you guys about it because otherwise no one would understand. <laughs> well, uh, I hope anyone who can. Uh, we'll make it out to your your Red Rock shows with with Bella Fleck and Tenacious D and Weird Al. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be just an amazing uh, summer of concerts at Red Rocks. Oh, I can't wait! And thanks for letting people know about it. Of course, thank you so much for for joining us. My honor. Thanks for having me on. It's I can check this off my bucket list <laughs> now. <laughs> thank you, Scott. Thank you. Take good care. Dave, I loved that interview. I, I felt like we really got a lot of great information out of Scott. Of course, a lot of spoilers for anybody who uh, doesn't want to know the songs on the upcoming tour. Well, too late now because we just listened to the interview. <laughs> Unless they skipped ahead. <laughs> but yeah, that was such an incredible, amazing, insightful interview. It was so I was so honored that we got to talk to Scott. He's just he's just, just an incredible person. I learned so much. 
he was really a blast to talk to. So uh, I really hope I get to make it out to the Red Rock show and see him perform. And I wish I lived closer so I could check him out doing uh, the Tenacious D one. How cool oh, is I that? Oh, I know. How awesome is that going to be? Tenacious D in a, <laughs> in the Red Rocks. Con- oh, man. He made me so jealous when he brought that up. I mean, he's but essentially I'm... like he's living like my dream of performing with both <laughs> Tenacious D and Weird Al like in the same month. <laughs> I know. Yeah, what a dream, right? So, yeah, you can catch Scott this summer at Red Rocks uh, for Tenacious D and, of course, Weird Al. I will be at the Weird Al one. I'm hoping Ethan comes and joins me. And that's on August 1st. And uh, speaking of concerts, as this podcast is broadcasting, I am in Florida right now for Weird Al's concerts. That's right. You're hitting a bunch of shows. You're hitting, like, the first five shows first five shows yeah amazing um and and i will be doing little mini reviews uh we're gonna call them centimeters they're gonna be posted (laughs) up (laughs) they're gonna be posted up as soon as i get done with the concert as soon as i find some quiet root space i'm gonna record them i'm gonna send them off to frank he's gonna edit them together minimally yeah as (laughs) as quickly as possible he probably slapped the theme song on and put them out there (laughs) i can't wait and uh next week super excited we are going to be talking to the great mc lars yeah on the debut of his newest album the dewey decibel system yes and that actually comes out on june 7th so be sure you pre-order that or go grab that this week and it comes out and you're gonna love that interview we did with him yeah what an incredible guy yeah really oh my god yeah so thank you to our listeners and if you enjoy this podcast please we ask you please subscribe if you also enjoy this podcast we're coming down to the last couple days on our indiegogo uh we would love your support financially to help us keep this podcast going uh your contributions go towards our podcast hosting and many other perks we have a lot of cool things that we're working on that we can't even talk about and the money goes directly to that uh and that includes we we want to be able to do more giveaways and stuff for people so we're not just adding more solid gold humvees to (laughs) our collections although we are we are getting the solid gold humvees that is part of it uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, the two thousand dollars directly. I mean, we're we're happy to to cover the expenses for the podcast, but um, that's why we we put up the Indiegogo. We figured some people might want to get some cool stickers and magnets, and uh, you know, fun little bonus stuff that we've been sending out. So if you if you have a couple bucks, we would love the support. Yeah, you can reach us at contribute two thousand inch dot com, and that will bring you right to Indiegogo. And of course, if you are looking for all things Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, you can check out 2,000inch.com. And on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at 2,000inch. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 5-inch. It sounds pretty stinking majestic to me.